This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. In tonight's show, two spies for the OSS enter Berlin with walkie-talkies to guide Allied bombers attacking the city. Are you willing to undertake a dangerous mission behind enemy lines, knowing that you may never return alive? This was the question asked during the war to agents of the OSS, that's Office of Strategic Services, ordinary citizens who to this question answered yes. Black warfare, espionage, and international intrigue, these are the weapons of the OSS. Direct line to bombers is the story of an American OSS agent who, during the height of the war, directed from the streets of Berlin an American attack. It's a story suggested by actual incidents recorded in the Washington files of the Office of Strategic Services. Are you willing to undertake a dangerous mission behind the enemy lines? knowing you may never return alive. What you have just heard is the question asked during the war to agents of the OSS, ordinary citizens who to this question answered, yes. This is Cloak and Dagger. Warfare, espionage, international intrigue. These are the weapons of the OSS. Today's adventure, Direct Line to Bombers, the story of an American OSS agent who, during the height of the war, directed from the streets of Berlin an American attack, is suggested by actual incidents recorded in the Washington files of the Office of Strategic Services. A story that can now be told. After you get back from a mission, you sit around and there's nothing to do but sit around. So that's what I did. I sat in a room in Milton Hall in England where OSS agents are trained. I thought about the restaurant on 6th Avenue I wanted to open after the war. I was never so bored in my life. Yeah. Hey, uh, Nicky, the colonel wants to see you. Very important. Okay, pal. Tell my pal the colonel I'll be there. And win the war for him. Da 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 da. And that was how it all began, November 1944. After that, I didn't have time to be bored. Are 
I know you've just come back from a mission in France, Lieutenant, so it's strictly up to you if you want to go out again immediately. Oh, now listen, pal. I mean, uh, Colonel. <laughs> if I have to sit around here and do nothing, I'll blow my top. Uh, you um, speak German, don't you? Well enough to know that Hitler speaks a lousy German, full of grammatical errors. I, if I see him, I'll tell him. Huh? You may be closer to him than you think. Corporal? Yes, Colonel. Send in Professor Warburg. That's how I met the professor. He was a little guy with a beard. He weighed about as much as 10 cents worth of liver. And he reminded me of my chemistry teacher back in Lincoln Junior High School. Professor, tell Lieutenant Olesnikos just what you told me. With the greatest of pleasure, Colonel. Lieutenant, I am an escaped political prisoner of the Nazis. And I am here in England illegally. And you just walked into headquarters and told that to the colonel, huh? Don't you know you can be interned? I know that very well. But I can no longer sit by and be idle while I have a plan that I know can help the Allies. Uh, what uh, Professor Warburg suggests, Lieutenant, is that he be parachuted into Germany with another agent, make his way to Berlin... I, uh, I assure you, I can move about Berlin blindfolded. I know it well. Berlin? This could be interesting. What then? Then, with a radio transmitter, we could pinpoint military targets to American planes overhead. We could direct bombs from the streets of Berlin itself. Now, wait a minute. Walk around with a walkie-talkie in the middle of a raid carrying on conversation with bombers? When do we leave, pal? I am ready any time. Today? Tomorrow? Yesterday? The professor may have been ready yesterday, but the OSS wasn't. First, we were briefed for weeks how to get food coupons in Berlin, how to buy a railroad ticket, how to post a letter, how to greet a German officer in the street. Little things, uh, an American cigarette, an English match, a laundry mark, could give us away. And there were big things, too. We were grilled for hours on cover stories. Forgeries became documents. Fiction became fact. Passes, stamps, signatures. Everything authentic, everything ersatz, including my manners and habits. But I was ready to pass as a citizen of Berlin. And then a plane took us high over German soil, and we jumped. It, Nicky. Yeah. It's only a few kilometers to Berlin. We can walk it, make it before daylight. <laughs> we should find the farmer who owns this field and say Dankeschön for providing us with so ideal a landing place. <laughs> yeah, we'll send him a letter sometime. Right now, let's get out of here. You will wait where you are. Kindly keep your hands in the air. Unless you want that I blow your heads off. Or that my dog tear you to bits. <laughs> Been a good dog keeping so still. Well, as your farmer, Professor, you still want to say Dankeschön? Sit still! Do not talk! You, uh, you have made a mistake, my friend. My companion and I got lost trying to find the road. We, we came by accident on your field. That's right. We both of us only recently discharged from the army. If you would care to see our papers right here in this knapsack... I... If you don't keep your hands up, I will let the dog go for your throat. 
I do not care to see your papers. I saw you parachute from an American plane. Uh-oh. Walk now to the barn. Rolf will see to it that you stay there. Won't you, Rolf? The German farmer left us in the barn and he didn't have to lock the door. That big black Doberman with the impatient fangs watched us as if he wanted us to make a move so we could jump. Oh, if we get out of this, my friend, I shall never again be a dog lover. Professor, don't move, don't turn your head, just listen to me. Yeah, I'm listening. There's some harness straps hanging on a hook right over my head. I noticed them when I came in. If I can pull them down fast enough, I'll throw them over the dog when he leaps, try to untangle him. Yeah, but... There's some horse blankets near you. When I pull down the straps, throw the blanket over him. It's got to be fast. Better work. I'm ready. On three, then. One. (laughs) Nice, boy. Nice, nice. Big, ugly mutt. Two. Three. The harness caught on the nails. I tried to pull it down, and the dog leaped at my neck. And then the nail came off, too, and the straps fell across the dog's snout. Professor flung the blankets over the dog's head. I, I, I have him, Nicky, but I can't hold him. The shovel? Where's that shovel I saw? Hurry, hurry, I can't hold him. Now, I hit him again and again. And then suddenly the only sound in the barn was the dull thud of the shovel. The dog didn't move or make a sound. He never would again. We had better get out now. Yeah, let's go. Ah, the smell of a bakery is always good. How fortunate it is. I have only this morning made Pfefferkuchen, Josef. <laughs> Just the way you always liked it. <laughs> How good to see you again, Anna. I told my friend Nikki that you would take us in, help us. Natürlich, Nikki. I will do anything I can. We, we may stay here then, huh, Anna? Oh. If all goes well, we will leave right after the raid tomorrow night. Yeah, 24 hours, all we need. Of course, you may stay. I still live above the bakery. There is an extra room. My grandson, Emil, will not be home from the youth camp for a week. Youth camp? What could I do, Nicky? What could anyone do in these days in Berlin but ride with the wind? Until there is a chance to fight against it. Helping you and your mission will give me my chance. Little Emil, eight years ago seemed like only yesterday. I used to sit with him on my lap here in this bakery and twirl my gold watch on the chain for him. Remember, Anna, how he laughed? Yeah, I remember. He has forgotten you by now. And you would not know him. He's 13 years old. Oh, 13 years old. Already they have poisoned his mind. I cannot get to him. I do not dare. He's a little parrot speaking only what is taught him. Uh, Nicky, some more coffee? No, thank you, Frau Leitner. More Pfefferkuchen or Apfelstrudel. A specialty of my shop, Apfelstrudel. No, thanks. <sighs> Six years ago, at this very table, I had Emil on my lap when the Gestapo walked in and arrested me. They did not like what I taught in their school. What's that? Someone's coming. I don't know who it can be. Customers never come by this late. Grandmother, surprise, I'm home. Emil! What is, man? 
Emil, your manners. These are friends just uh, passing through Berlin. They are j- just staying the night. This is Herr Neudek and Herr Josef. Heil Hitler. Oh, yes, of course. Heil Hitler. I did not expect you until next week, Emil. How is it you are here so early? I won a great honor, which I want to tell you about. I did not know I'd have to share to a stranger. Shame, Emil. These men are... were soldiers of the fatherland. Yeah? Yes, Emil, we were both with the elite guard of one of Rommel's panzer divisions. Rommel? Yes, uh, that is before we received our medical discharges. Oh, Rommel. Well, sit down, my boy. I will bring you something to eat, yeah? Don't you want to hear about the honor I received? Look, grandmother. On my sleeve. A red swastika. Yeah, red for the youth movement. And a swastika because I learned my lessons faster than the others. The commander chief of the whole youth movement awarded me my swastika. And he told me I could take my vacation a week early. Are you proud of me, grandmother? Yeah, my boy. Yeah. Let me get you something to eat. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm too tired. Going up to bed. Grandmother said you were staying here. Will I see you in the morning, gentlemen? Well, I'm not sure. Oh, they will be here. Now that you are home, Emil, I will sleep on the couch and give them my room. No, no, please. Oh, it is all right. It is settled. Good. Perhaps then, Herr Josef, you will tell me about Rahman. A great leader. Yes, yes, perhaps. Uh, We will see you in the morning, Emil. Why do you stare at me? Do I stare, boy? I thought so. Have I met you before, Herr Josef? No, I am sure not. Your face. Ever since I came in. Grandmother, have I met him here before? No, no, Emil. Herr Josef was here before you were born, even. You have never seen him. It has been years, (laughs) 15 maybe, (laughs) before you were born. (laughs) I suppose so. Well... Good night. Professor, he wouldn't remember, would he? Oh, how could he, Nicky? He was a baby that last day Josef saw him, barely five years old. And the professor was 30 pounds heavier, at least, and clean-shaved. Yeah, yeah. Anna is right, Nicky. Do not worry. He could not remember. Do not worry. But I couldn't help worrying. I lay awake half the night thinking about that kid in the room next door. The 13-year-old puppet with the new red swastika. It was just a feeling. I had a funny kind of feeling at the pit of my stomach that made me wish they'd kept him in that youth camp until after we were gone. When I got up, the sun had been up for hours, and so had the professor. I went downstairs to the bakery. There was a smell of fresh bread baking, and I knew Frau Leitner was in the kitchen. But the professor was sitting at the table, swinging his watch on the gold chain and talking well, to that uh, German quiz what kid. What have you learned, Emil? But why do you want to know? Oh, I'm just interested. I want to see how well you have earned that swastika. I stood at the <laughs> bottom of the stairs and listened. We have a leader who has revolutionized Germany. He's the greatest man who ever was or will be. When I joined the Führer's organization, the man in charge said... Join no organization but this. Forward, forward, the banner leads us to eternity. Oh, well, you have learned your lesson well. Hmm? Yeah, Joseph. Are you sure I have never seen you before? 
course not, my boy. I seem to remember. Hey, Yosef. Ah, good morning, Herr Neudeck. Uh, since we're just passing through Berlin, don't you think we ought to see a few of the, the sights before we leave? Yeah, yeah, you're right. We will leave now. Uh, perhaps later, Emil, we will talk more. The raid was scheduled for that night. The professor and I had a lot of work to do. We made arrangements to meet about 4.30 that afternoon at a tavern on Wilhelmstrasse. We went separate ways. I did a lot of walking. And I made a lot of notes in my head. The Klingenberg power plant was still functioning. The Ostkreutz junction of the city railroad had been repaired. There was an ammunition dump on the north side that our bombers couldn't see from the air. It's a nice day. A lot of Germans were walking the streets, and I made a lot of notes in my head. You wish to order now, mein Herr? Nein, nein, later. I am waiting for a friend. The professor was 15 minutes late, and I started to get nervous. Maybe somebody had recognized him. I sat there and sweated it out. 15 minutes. 20 minutes, half hour, and then he finally came, but he wasn't alone. Herr Neudeck, this is Hauptmann Müller. We, uh, we met only this afternoon, and I invited him to come and have dinner with us. <laughs> it was not quite that way, Herr Neudeck. It was I who insisted upon coming alone. I, uh, Gewiss, sit down. You were with one of Rommel's panzer divisions, I understand. Yes, we were only recently discharged from the army. Myself, I am just back. <laughs> we will have much to talk about. Where is that stupid waiter? They're never around when you need them. Uh, he will be here presently. Uh, presently is not soon enough. I will go to see him myself. I'll be right back. Where did you pick him up? He found me, my friend. There is a reservoir near the rail line. I was looking around. I, I think he was a little suspicious at first, but when I told him I was with Rommel, he became more friendly. Yeah. I am beginning to believe I was in Africa myself. Just the same, I wish you could have shaken him. What did you find out? It was a profitable afternoon. And you? A profitable afternoon. Good. Shh, he comes back. <laughs> ah, yes. At first, it seems strange to me that Herr Josef here should show so much interest in the reservoir. <laughs> well, I, I was merely taking a stroll, getting reacquainted with Berlin. <laughs> then I watched you. I saw you walk down towards the rail line. That was when I stopped you and began to talk. We are both glad you did, Herr Hauptmann. Give us this opportunity to get acquainted. Yeah, yeah. Hope we shall see more of you while we're in the capital. Uh, perhaps, Herr Neudeck. Perhaps you shall see a great deal of me. I think I shall call the waiter and order some brandy. Oh, oh, I see. You have not yet finished your meal, Herr Neudeck. You're still eating. It's very good. Our diet at the hospital was not so varied. No doubt, no doubt. Everything I ate stuck in my throat. I know, one of the nurses. down. 
I knew that German officer was watching me as he talked. Watching me strangely, and I didn't know why. I knew that something was wrong, and I didn't know why. The professor felt it too. Her name is Gertrude, little Fräulein, I tell you about. And she has friends. Oh, very pretty friends. Uh, you would like to meet, uh, perhaps? Yes, we would like to very much, Herr Hauptmann. How you would have enjoyed them. We might have had great fun together. All of us. Unfortunately, you may be otherwise engaged with the Gestapo. What, what, what did you say, Herr Hauptmann? I have been watching you all through dinner, Herr Neudig. You are an American. Do not I, move, either of you. I have my hand on my gun. Well, surely you're, you're joking. No European eats the way you do. To change the fork from the left hand to the right after the knife is used. At first, it escaped me. I just knew something bothered me. Then I realized what it was. It there it was. Time. The little but thing that could put a rope around Only my neck. Americans hold the fork sideways in the right hand. In my nervousness, I'd forgotten a little thing like that European yeah. manner of eating. The Gestapo will be very pleased. The sharp knife I'd been eating with was still in my hand. Almost as if it moved by itself. It disappeared under the table and halfway into the German office. Good work, Mickey. Good. I was stupid to get myself into that jam in the first place. We're not out of this yet. Waiter. Waiter. Come on here. Check, please. Our friend has had a little too much to drink. We will take him home. Yeah, yeah. Right away. Between the two of us, we managed to get him out of there. His head was rocking back and forth like a drunk. The knife was still in him, so the blood didn't flow very much. He kept his cape around him. All right. There is no one around here, Nicky. We can dump him behind this shed. All right. We're beginning to leave a trail a mile long. <coughs> so long, pal. It's nice meeting you. Come on, Professor. Let's go. Back to the bakery, there was more trouble waiting for us. Trouble 61 inches high, weighing about 110 pounds, wearing a new red swastika on his arm. It is no mistake, but I... Oh, they're in the kitchen. Something is wrong. I don't like the sound of that. Come on. It's called a walkie-talkie, Emil. Give it back to me. Joseph, come back. You see, you see, we've wasted time. I should have gone to the authorities right away. They have tricked you, grandmother. He knows, Anna. I am afraid to. I've been holding him here, hoping he would return. What did you say? You knew grandmother, didn't you? They didn't trick you at all. Traitor. You're a traitor, too. Amy, get Amy, away from me. I hate you. Me. I hate you. Nicky, get, get him. He's trying to run. Yeah, I've got him. Let me go. Let me go. I report you. They stop it. They kill you. They have you shot. I'm not going to report oh. anyone. What will I do with him? Uh, upstairs. His bedroom. Oh, Lock him there until after you have gone. Right. Let go of me. Get your hands on me. I hate you. I hate you all. Let me go. Oh. 
have to come with us when we leave here tonight, Anna. You cannot stay now. The professor is right, Frau Leitner. That kid upstairs will turn you over to the Nazis so fast you won't know what happened to you. My little Emil, turn me in. Josef, would he? Yeah, I'm afraid he would, Anna. It is best that you come with us. We are going to try to get through the lines into France. Once there, there are underground workers who will help us. Yeah. Nicky, is it all right if I bring this tray of food up to him? He has not eaten. He's still such a little boy. Yeah, sure, sure. You oh, take it up, but don't untie his hands, remember? Yes, I will remember. The raid ought to start soon. Let's go over this map, make sure we have everything right, huh? Yeah. Now, the rail line is here. Mm -hmm. Sector 2, grid B3. If our bombers knock that out, Berlin's transportation is completely crippled. And here on the map, power plant is in sector 6, grid G5. Nicky, he's gone. What did you What? Find? Yeah, his hands. He got them loose. He lowered himself from the window with the bedsheets. What are we to do? He'll bring the Gestapo back with him. We don't know how long he's been gone, Professor. The window, quick. Yeah. The, uh, ah, the back door. There, there is a car coming. I there can is, see it. There is an alley and now we look, can... look, no time. They'll have this place surrounded. How do you get to the roof? The roof? Yeah, yeah. Up those stairs. We can go to, to the other rooftops and perhaps escape. There better be no perhaps about it. We went up to the attic stairs and onto the roof. You could see the Germans from there. Four of them in black shirts spilled out of an armored car. Two of them broke in through the front door. Two of them started around to the rear. Then we heard Emil. Emil, my boy. Anna. Nikki. Nikki, she's dead. Well, it won't do her any good if we stay here. Come on, across the parapet. Oh, that's music to my ears. At least it'll keep them from getting more help right now. Stay where you are! Surrender now and it will go easier with you! Come and get us, pal! One of them did try to come and get us. And he got it first. Right between the eyes. He swayed for a few seconds back and forth and then he fell off the roof onto the street. Ah, that's one of them, Nicky. There are only two left. Two? What happened to the third? Nicky, was... behind you! Fourth Nazi had come up the other way through somebody else's attic and onto the roof behind. Get your hands up! Now there are just two left, Professor. I... Hey, Professor, what is it? My... my leg. I can't move it. I can't go any further, Nicky. Afterwards was a nightmare. It was if the earth cracked wide open. It was red hot, burning, and the noise of the planes and the ACAC and the German guns and the bombing made my my stomach turn. We crouched behind a parapet and I held them off while the professor directed the bombers. Attention! Attention, bombers! The Klingenberg power plant is still functioning and supplies electric power to vital industries. Bomb sector six, grid G5. The Ostkreuz junction of the city railroad has been repaired. Knock it out, and all traffic in Berlin will be stopped. Sector 2, grid B3. All right. Go now, Nikki, while there is a chance. 
I can hold them off long enough for you to get away. I can't leave you here. No, no, they won't take me. Don't worry. Now look, I'll carry you. We'll make it. Come on. Listen. Listen to me, Nikki. Go across the next two rooftops and then down through the skylight. There is a tailor shop. Yeah, but Professor... Go out the back door there. It leads to an alley. Once over the fence, under cover of the rage, you can make it. Now look, I won't go without you. All right, I will change your mind. Attention! Attention, bombers! Hey, what are you doing? Attention, bombers! Imperative! Wait two minutes and bomb crossroads at sector seven, grid D3. Hey, Professor, what are you doing? You're crazy. That's here, this sector. Go on, run. Run, Nikki. I'll cover you. I ran. I stumbled and fell and got up and ran again. When I got down in the alley through the tailor shop, I kept on running. And then the bomb fell and the concussion rocked the ground and I went flat on my face. When I looked back, I knew that our bombers had made another direct hit. The professor had not only held off the Germans while I got away, but kept them there until it was too late for any of them. A little German bakery that specialized in Apfelstreudel folded up as if it had been made of matchsticks. Somewhere in the wreckage, the professor with his gold watch on a chain was buried under it. And overhead, the planes headed back. There was nothing left for me there. I headed back, too. Lieutenant Gus Olesnikus made his way to France and after months from there to England. But his direction of the bombing raid from the target itself kept some of Berlin's major industries crippled and its transportation system paralyzed. And once again, the report of an OSS agent closes with the words... Mission accomplished. Listen next week when we again present... Cloak and Dagger. in today's Cloak and Dagger adventure were Everett Sloan, Bill Zuckert, Lily Darvas, Barry Kroger, Michael Artist, Raymond Edward Johnson, Carl Weber, Jerry Jarrett, Bobby Weil, and Brad Barker. Script was written by Winifred Wolfe and Jack Gordon. Music was under the direction of John Gart. Today's true OSS adventure was based on the book Cloak and Dagger by Corey Ford and Alistair McBain. This has been a Lewis G. Cowan production in association with Alfred Hollander, and was under the direction and supervision of Sherman Marks. Stay tuned for The Jack Benny Show next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for The Jack Benny Show. The Lucky Strike Program, starring Jack Benny, with Mary Livingston, Rochester, Dennis Day, Bob Crosby, and yours truly, Don Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, spring has come to Southern California. Birds are twittering in the treetops and buds are bursting on the branches. So without further ado, we'd like to show you how a typical gentleman farmer is heralding the arrival of spring. 
The time, early afternoon. The scene, Jack Benny's backyard. The farmer, Jack Benny! Gee, this this section I planted last year came up nice. Look at those nice straight rows. Two hundred stalks of corn, one hundred and fifty cabbages, three hundred strawberry vines. Hmm. One measly coffee plant. <laughs> but who knew? Let's see now. I better get these string beans in. I'll set them right next to the tomatoes here. Well, there's one. Gee, I got a hundred more to go. Oh, Rochester, I want you to come here and give me a hand. But, boss! Rochester, you've been in that swimming pool long enough. Now, come on. But, boss, I'm not through planting the rice. (laughs) Never mind that. I need you here. Okay. So worried about the rice. Sorry I gave him those chopsticks for Christmas. <laughs> here I am. Well, you can start with this row here. Yes, sir. Now, first you put the plant in, then sprinkle it over with a layer of vigoro. Cover that with some dirt, then a three-inch layer of bone meal, then some more dirt. Then you put on a, another big, thick layer of vigoro. And be very careful, Rochester, because... You know what we're planting here, don't you? No, but it ain't gonna be lilac bushes. <laughs> They're string beans, and let's get started. Boss, are you planting beans again? Yes, why? I thought you'd give up on beans after what happened last year. They were so small, the bugs were picketing them. I'm not trying to be funny, Rochester. I'm gonna plant beans, and this year they'll be the biggest ones in Beverly Hills. Now, let's get going. There. That one's in deep enough. <laughs> you sure look funny in those overalls and that old straw hat. I do look like a farmer in this outfit, don't I? With those long white gloves on, you look like Hildegard. <laughs> well, I've got soft, lovely hands, and I'm going to keep them that way. <laughs> I think I got some of these plants upside down. So I guess they're all right. Dennis, Dennis, don't mow so close to the tomato. Watch it. I'm almost through, Mr. Benny. Well, keep at it. And Dennis, when you're through mowing the lawn, I want you to water it. Okay, I'll turn on the sprinkling system. I haven't got a sprinkling system. You have now. What? I thought the hose was a snake and shot it full of holes. (laughs) Dennis, that was a brand new hose, and I'm going to deduct the price of it from your salary. I was afraid that would happen. You were? Yeah, boy, am I glad I saved the last bullet for myself. Huh? Well, here goes. Dennis, put down that gun. I'll pay for the hose. I knew you were yellow. (laughs) 
Never mind. You just get back to work. I'll hold on to the gun. Okay. Boss, I finished the roast string beans. Good. Now we'll plant some celery. You ought to plant pistachios. They're terrific. But, Dennis, pistachios are nuts. Well, who isn't? <laughs> Dennis, look at that mountain over there. That's it. Now hold your head still. Boss, boss, put down that gun. I only wanted to scare him. I couldn't hit a pointed head like his in a million years. <laughs> now, go ahead, Dennis. Finish your work. Okay. See you later. Ding, 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 ding. He always plays conductor when he mows the lawn. <laughs> what a kid. Now, let's see. Hey, Rochester, look at these mushrooms here. I don't remember planting any mushrooms. Those are toadstools, boss. They're poison. No, no, Rochester. Go ahead and taste one. I think they're mushrooms. You think? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, until you're positive, my attitude is negative. <laughs> oh, what a baby. Afraid to eat a little plant. Uh-huh. You know, Rochester, there's an old saying. A coward dies a thousand deaths. A hero dies but one. Did you ever hear that saying before? Yeah, and I want to be able to hear it again. <laughs> All right, don't eat it. Who cares? Oh, hello, Rochester. Oh, well, the garden looks lovely. Thanks, Miss Livingston. I see you got the scarecrow up already. This is me, and you know it. <laughs> Mary, did you buy that package of cucumber seeds like I asked you to? Yeah, here they are. They were ten cents. Thanks. Gee, just think, Mary. I'm going to take these little seeds, plant them in the ground, and before you know it, vines will spring up with oodles and oodles of cucumbers on them. Isn't nature wonderful? Yeah. And, Mary, half of those cucumbers are going to be yours. The heck with nature. Give me my dime. <laughs> Give me my dime. Give me my dime. You'll be sorry when the crop comes in. I feel it's going to be a big season. Oh, you're some farmer. You and your crazy experiments. They're not so crazy. Remember last year... You sprinkle cheese all over the ground and try to raise au gratin potatoes. All right, but I still say it doesn't hurt to experiment. Now, let's see. Oh, Mary, I was just having a little argument with Rochester here. Look, are those things there mushrooms or toadstools? Those are toadstools. They are? Well, I'm certainly glad you told me. I almost ate one. You almost ate one? Well, I mean, I would have eaten one after you did. With me laying there? <laughs> Right, forget it. I better dig these up and throw them away. I'm all through, Mr. Benny. Good. And, Mr. Benny, as soon as your lawn needs cutting again, you'll be sure to let me know now, won't you? I certainly will, and I appreciate your interest. Well, I like to keep the grounds looking nice and in tip-top shape. Good, good. This is a beautiful place, and someday I might buy it. Really, Dennis? Yeah, I'll throw you out so fast it'll make your head spin. <laughs> Dennis, go home already. Okay, goodbye already. Goodbye, goodbye already. <laughs> Mary. Yes? Do you think Kenny Baker's too old to push a lawnmower? <laughs> oh, Jack, every time Dennis gets a little aggravated, you always... Hello, Jack. Hey, Mary, it's Bob Crosby. Hi, Bob. Fine, Jack. Hello, Mary. Hello, Bob. Out for a little walk today? Well, not exactly. Uh, I told the boys in the band to pick me up here in our orchestra bus. Oh, are you leaving town again? Yeah, we got a one-night stand in Chicago. A one-night stand? You and the boys are going all the way to Chicago for that? Well, the boys just couldn't turn this down, Jack. 
Gee, must be quite an important occasion. I'll say it is. Petrella's dog is going to be a year old. <laughs> oh, yes. Yasha Heifetz left this morning. <laughs> oh, Bob, I don't mean to be rude, but I want to get all these rows planted by 6 o'clock. Well, why 6 o'clock? As soon as it's dark, his health has to run for the border. <laughs> Mary, stop making things up. I do all the work myself. See, si, senor. You keep quiet and put on a dry shirt. <laughs> hey, Bob, as long as... Well, that must be the boys, Jack. I better get going. I'll walk around to the front with you, Bob. I gotta be running along, too. Say, Bob... Must be nice for the orphans to have their own bus to travel around in. Yeah, say, it's a nice bus, too. But, Bob, why is all that smoke coming out of the exhaust? Well, kerosene always smokes that way. Kerosene? Why don't you use gasoline? Oh, we tried that. But you see, when the boys smell anything over 80 octane, they run for the olive. <laughs> you mean they actually drink gasoline? Well, Bagby even drinks the kerosene. <laughs> No. Yeah, at night the boys stick a wick in his head and use him to read by. <laughs> well, I gotta be going anyway. Okay, Bob, I'll be seeing you. So long. Have a nice trip. Bye, Bob. Bye, Mary. What a crazy gang. Look at them in the bus there. Yeah, and look at that license plate. Brew 102. <laughs> well, Jack, I better be getting home. All right, I'll have Rochester get the car out. Oh, no, Jack, it's such a nice day. I'd rather walk. I'll see you tomorrow. Okay, goodbye, Mary. Bye. Well, I suppose I better get back to work. Yeah, I've had enough for one day. I think I'll go in the house and clean up. Fresh vegetables, tomatoes, lettuce, string beans. Hey, mister, would you like to buy some nice fresh veggies? Oh, it's you. <laughs> what? You ain't fooling nobody with these petunias and tulips out here in front. I know what's going on in that backyard. All right, so I raise a few things to eat. Look, mister, I haven't made a sale all day. Why don't you give me a break and buy something? Well, all right. I'll take a dozen oranges. A dozen oranges? Two dozen pears. Two dozen pears? And a half a dozen apples. And a half a dozen... I knew it, I knew it. Everything with seeds. <laughs> But it ain't enough you're growing vegetables. Now you gotta start with the fruits. <laughs> but I owe... If you want me out of business, get an injunction. Goodbye. Some businessman. If he's so worried about competition, why doesn't he buy me out? The Wang Fu Laundry did. <laughs> oh, well, I guess I'll go in and clean up. I'll just slip into this clean shirt. Well, hello, Jack. Don, where'd you come from? Oh, I came in the back way. I thought you'd be working in the garden. Well, I was, Don, but I've had enough for one day now. Gee, and I talked the sportsmen into coming over to help you. The sportsmen? Where are they? Well, they're working now. I'll call them in. Okay. Hey, wait a minute, Don. They don't seem to mind working in my yard. They're even singing. They are? Yeah, I'll open the window. We can listen. From the vine 
was back with Marie on the Isle of Capri, with a million stars shining above her. They don't know he bellando, baciando e di, they de novo kills poco in me. From the vine came the grape, from the grape came the wine, and for Tony a wonderful time. From the seed came the plant, from the plant came the leaf, from the leaf came that fine light tobacco. That's what makes Lucky Strike, and that better taste you like. And you'll say there is nothing With better taste, it's lucky's I lie From the plant came the leaf From the leaf came tobacco From tobacco, fine and light comes lucky strike If lucky's the smoke, you will boys are clever. They have a commercial for everything. And they're such good workers, too. I'll get it, boss. Okay. Mr. Benny's residence, star of stage, screen, radio, television, and if the farmer's market hasn't got it, we have. <laughs> What's that? Yes, he's right here. It's for you, Mr. Wilson. It's your wife. Oh, thank you, Rochester. Hello, dear. Well, how many guests we having for dinner tonight? Oh. Well, then I suggest we have hors d'oeuvres, soup, nice Caesar salad, and for meats, I'd say a couple of chickens, an eight-pound roast, and a chafing dish full of meatball. Yeah, I think that ought to do it. You're welcome, dear. Goodbye. Don, who's your wife having for dinner tonight? Just me. The rest canceled out. <laughs> should have known, Don. By the way, Jack, perhaps you'd like to come over for dinner. Oh, some other time, Don. You know, I've been working so much that I want to lie down for a while. You know, I'm kind of tired from all the gardening I've done. Ah, uh, Jack, don't tell me you planted vegetables again this year. Certainly. Why shouldn't I? I thought you'd give up after those awful beans you grew last year. Look, Don. Those beans were so lousy, even your garbage disposal threw them back at you. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> Talk, Jack. Goodbye, goodbye. <laughs> See, I, I really am tired. I'm sleepy, too. I worked hard today. I think I'll lie down on the sofa here. Ah, that feels good. Uh, what's everybody picking on my beans for? So last year they weren't so big. This year they'll be great. That new chemical fertilizer is guaranteed to make anything grow. Say, I wonder if... Nah, it'll probably burn my head. (laughs) 
I can't wait till those beans come up. I'll show everybody. I'll show him. inside. What am I doing out here in the garden? Say, look what happened to my beans. The beanstalk goes way up to the sky, through the clouds. I can't even see the top of it. Well, I'm going to climb to the top. I'm going to be like Jack in the beanstalk. I better rest. I must have climbed 500 feet. And I'm nowhere near the top. See, look how small everything looks down there. Hey, the rest of my garden is growing too. Look at that tremendous honeydew melon. Oh, no, it's Sammy the drummer's head. <laughs> a mile high. Gee, from way up here, you can see everything in Beverly Hills. Look, there's the California Bank. <laughs> and say, there's Esther Williams out in her backyard taking a sun bath. Gosh, what a predicament. I don't know which to look at. <laughs> gee, if I lean out real far, I can see the entire city of Los Angeles. Gee, it looks... The branch broke. I'm falling. I'll be killed. Gosh. I'm not even hurt a bit. Wow, am I lucky. I landed on the smog. <laughs> I never knew the Los Angeles smog was thick enough to support you. But then it's been supporting comedians for years. <laughs> Well, I better start climbing back up. Here I am at the top. Look at this place. It's fantastic. Look at the trees. There's money growing on them. Gee, I'm a stranger in paradise. <laughs> hey, what's the matter? The sky is getting dark. Gee, what's that? B five fo fum. I smell the blood of a comedian. <laughs> Say, are you the giant? No, I'm the assistant giant. You better go see the giant. He owns this place. Oh. Well, can you take me to him? I haven't got time. I gotta mow these clouds. See you later. Ding 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 ding. <laughs> I better go see the giant, but I don't know where he lives. 
Hello, Jackie boy. How are you? Fine. Are you going to give me a great big kiss like you always do? Sure. Here. <laughs> oh. oh, that was wonderful. Oh, kiss me again. <laughs> She has nothing to do with Jack and the Beanstalk, folks. I always dream about her. <laughs> well, I better go see the giant. Gee, I wish I knew where he lived. I'll ask that rabbit. Excuse me, Mr. Rabbit. <coughs> I'm looking for the giant's house. Do you know where he lives? Uh, yeah, it's a second castle around the corner, Doc. Thank you. And for being so nice, I'm going to send you a big bunch of carrots. Oh, uh, no thanks, chum. I'm on a diet. I was getting so fat I couldn't move. No kidding. Yeah, I wasn't happy because I was too hippie to hoppy. Oh. <laughs> uh. Hey, uh, why do you keep staring at me like that? Oh, I didn't mean to be rude, Mr. Rabbit, but you remind me an awful lot of a friend of mine, Frank Remley. <laughs> Oh, uh, is he a rabbit? No, but he's got pink eyes, too. <laughs> but his nose stays still and his head twitches. <laughs> well, I gotta go to the giant's house. So long, Benny. So long, Bunny. I'm off to see the giant. <laughs> Here's the giant's house. I'm going to knock on the door. Gee, look at the giant's laundry hanging out there on the line. Gosh, he has the biggest underwear I ever saw. The V in BVD looks like a Cadillac. <laughs> Uh-oh, I hear someone coming to open the door. Come in. I'd like to... Wait a minute. Mary, what are you doing here? I'm the giant's wife. Just because I kissed that girl? <laughs> You're the giant's wife? And he's a big giant, too. He's 70 feet tall. Here he comes now. Say... Are you the giant? Yes, I'm a big one, aren't I? <laughs> Look, I want to discuss some business with you. Hey, now, don't bother me. I have to feed my chicken that lays the golden egg. You have a chicken that lays golden eggs? Sure. It's that one at your feet. Now watch. Go ahead, chickie. Lay a golden egg. Imagine that a chicken that lays golden eggs. What do you call it? Barbara Hutton. <laughs> oh. 
Hey, now, you said you wanted to see me about business. What is it? Well, your castle and everything else is on top of a beanstalk, isn't it? That's right. Well, a beanstalk is growing in my garden, so everything here belongs to me. No, it doesn't. Yes, it doesn't. First, I'm going to take this wonderful chicken, the one that lays the golden egg. Chick, 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 chick. There, there, I've got you. Come on. Yeah, that chicken's mine. Put it down. That's right. I'm taking it back to my house with me. Well, I'm coming after you. He's gaining it. Well, I ran off the edge of the beanstalk. I'm falling. I'm falling. Flatten your wings, chicken, and give me some help. This is awful. I'm falling. Oh, I'll be killed. I'll be killed. Boss, wake up. Wake up. I'll be... Huh? Oh, it's you, Rochester. Gosh, what a dream I was having. Rochester, I dreamt I had, I had a chicken that laid golden eggs. Well, stop squeezing that pillow. All you're getting out of it is feathers. <laughs> Rochester, fix me something to eat. That climbing gave me an appetite. Ladies and gentlemen, the very best Easter gift of all is the support you give through Easter seals to children who need your help. These seals provide medical care, nursery centers, and many other things that are needed. So give and give generously to the Easter Seal Agency in your community. Or send your contribution to Crippled Children, care of your local post office. Thank you. Good night, everybody. We're a little late. George Balzer, John Packerberry, Al Gordon, Al Goldman, and produced and transcribed by Hilliard Marks. The Jack Benny program is brought to you by Lucky Strike, product of the American Tobacco Company, America's leading manufacturer of cigarettes. Stay tuned now for Amos and Andy, which follows immediately over most of these same stations. This is the CBS Radio Network. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Dark Fantasy, followed by The Aldrich Family. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.